Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Band Biographies. You can find more episodes at bandbiographies.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-D biographies.com. If you enjoy it, why not leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts? Apparently, it helps get the show up the charts so more people can see it, to download it, and then to leave further five-star reviews. Another way you can help is by telling as many friends as possible to give it a download. Please do reach out on Twitter at BandBiogs, on Instagram at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for BandBiographies, or by emailing BandBiographies at gmail.com. But most of all, enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of the Band Biographies podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon podcast network of music-based podcasts. Be sure to visit pantheon.com to find a variety of shows on all sorts of music. I'm really honoured to be among such class shows. This episode of Band Biographies is all about me this month. On this show, I present to you the first half of hopefully no more than two episodes, chronicling the tour I went on in November with Sham69. But never fear, this won't be a monologue. I've roped in my very good podcasting pal, Smokey, just Smokey, to act as the voice of the audience, to react to the things that I say, and to ask questions where I may need to expand upon things. Smokey is, as I mentioned, a podcaster himself, and we've known each other for around 10 years now. He podcasts mainly about films with his shows Rated H, a horror movie podcast with co-host Ben Taylorson, All the Best Lines, where his co-host Adam Roach educates him on all things golden age of cinema, and House of Hammer, where he, Ben, Kev Moore, and occasionally Adam are going through the entire back catalogue of the films of Hammer Studios in order. More than this though, Smokey is a fan of music, specifically metal and punk, though not exclusively, and plays guitar himself, but rarely gets to talk about it on his shows, so I figured he'd be the perfect person to act on your behalf and jump in and interview me when needed. I hope you'll enjoy listening to our conversation, which starts now. Smokey, welcome. You're uh, the first podcasting guest that I've had on the show so far. Do you want to give people oh, a little bit of a background, pleasure. a little bit of a background about you and your podcasts? <laughs> the free, free advertisement. advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Hello, I- I'm Smokey. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom and I have known each other for some time and uh, guested on each other's shows across the years, haven't we? Mm. Um and uh, yeah, so uh, Rated H is, is uh, my horror podcast, and then I've got All the Best Lines, which is my Golden Age cinema uh, podcast, and then I have the House of Hammer, which is going through all the 
Hammer Studios movies from the very beginning, yeah, from the 30s up until modern day, which we'll get to in about 10 years, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're still, at this time of recording, we're still in 1953. So yes, we've, uh, we've got a long, long way to go yet. But uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful fun, it's podcasting, and it's, it's led me to, to meet wonderful people such as yourself, dear boy. Indeed. And uh, we'll be meeting in the flesh in a couple of weeks as well. Which will be quite interesting. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be long overdue. I feel and quite drunken. I would imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> I should imagine so. When I, when I, when I'm going to be your tour guide, I think that's probably uh, a definite. I think. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show to be the uh, the voice of the audience. For this um tour yeah. diary that i'm going to be doing i'm going to try and not to make it too boring but if at any point it does get boring <laughs> then you must jump in question i will i will at any point you've got some sort of question or feel that i'm just getting a little bit you know sidetracked with detail as opposed to emotion <laughs> i'll i'll rein you in sonny jim don't worry but um <laughs> i will just uh point this out to your audiences that I mentioned this to you yesterday that I was sort of living vicariously through you and <laughs> all the the pictures and the videos and, and of the um of the clubs you were playing and the gigs mm. you were doing and you know a, a, a range of emotions of you know jealousy of you getting to to do that and also uh sort of like what I don't know what you'd class the emotion of of holy fuck I wouldn't want to go in that club <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was some uh there were some interesting places because, uh, yeah. of course, yourself, as well as being into film, you're also into music, too. It's why I've got you sure. on here, really. Uh, you play a bit of guitar. Mm -hmm. Largely, yeah. I would say what metal music is, is the kind of is, is your kind of genre of choice. Yeah, metal, uh, hard rock to play when I'm feeling very self-indulgent. I like to um, change the settings on the amp and play a bit of blues from time to time because it's it's nice and relaxing and and even the worst rhythm guitarists such as myself can sort of lie to themselves and go yeah i could play a blues lead solo <laughs> on this yeah it's easy just 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 stick in the b area you're yeah, all right yeah, just pentatonics but, uh, yeah. oh what that's <laughs> my bread and butter <laughs> um yeah no but i i i have a big fan of music people like to take the mick about just um uh, uh metal but uh mm. you know it's 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 still a genre it's a legitimate genre it is and um you know but but, uh, but you know yes and, and i'm like yourself I'm, I'm obviously a listener to band biographies and i've been you know loving the, the pistols and yeah loving the pistols and the clash and then i text you quite often about it when i suddenly go god i knew more songs by that band than i actually <laughs> knew i than i thought i did yeah uh who was the main one who did that it was the Susie sue episode i was like mm. i knew i i thought i knew like two tunes by Susie sue i didn't i knew about 20 and it just blew my mind it's funny isn't it that some of these bands are just in the in the in the consciousness almost you know mm. i think a lot of it also stems as you say you know uh, I, d I do three <laughs> movie podcasts and that is you know hundreds and thousands of soundtracks that you that songs appear on and they instantly just bring to mind a, a scene in a film and it's like oh yeah it's them <laughs> right okay that's cool and of course the more modern stuff as well we both went to slam dunk a couple of years ago yes we did yeah you know, bands like the bronx for example you know an excellent oh, yeah. hardcore band i mean you basically that was the first time i'd ever seen them so you introduced mm. me to that band properly 
and uh, so I. Said, <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome. But the thing, the thing was, was that I had heard, I had heard one song of theirs <laughs> on a, um, I think it was a Metal Hammer uh, CD that came free with the magazine. But the song blew me away, and for some reason, I never looked into them any further. I should have done, really. And so when we when we, I said, I've heard this song, it's really good. Let's go check out the band, <laughs> and we did. And it was about halfway through the set, and. And they played it and went, oh, this is it. <laughs> so this is all I knew. Yeah. But uh, as, as we've, we've remarked before, when we, we talked about that gig, uh, the only band I've ever, ever seen where the lead singer disappeared into the crowd. And then when he reemerged, he was wearing a lay. <laughs> Fair play. Well done. Yes. Like it? it was an excellent day out. It really was. But that was, of course, the day we discovered the interrupters as well. Ah, which it was, was, yeah. A momentous day for us. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Because what a band. What a band. And we've seen them live again since then as well. We saw that it was the last band I we saw have. before lockdown, basically. Uh, me too. Yeah, well, I, I remember coming to you, uh, what was it? Was it February we went? Yeah, I think, end of them? February 2020, yeah. Uh, and I remember going through London uh, with you and there was this odd thing that was occurring at the time was that people had started to wear masks and we were mm. sort of like, huh, oh, that's a, that's a strange trend that's going on. And of course, <laughs> give it a few weeks and holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they were supposed mm. to be the first band we were going to see after lockdown as well. They were supposed to be supporting the Dropkick yeah. Murphys last January. Yes. Yeah. And then it was canceled. I've still got the tickets, but, but it's not, um, it's not the interrupters this time around. So, I'm probably going to have to find no. someone else to go with. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I've never seen Pennywise. They're they're supporting, and I I really want to go and see them. So mm. that's going to be yes, yeah. Go go amid the um the lineup for next year's Slam Dunk is looking particularly tasty. Yeah. So with with the with the offspring there as well. So uh, I think that could be uh, quite an interesting one to check out. That might, might be, be uh, putting in an, the old diary. Yeah, another day out. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. But yeah, so those those are our plans. Those are those. Are, that's a little bit of yeah. a potted history of our friendship and our shared yeah. musical passions. But yeah, I, I guess I'll uh, I'll kind of get on with the tour diary, I suppose, because it could it's it's two and a half weeks worth of stuff. So this could go long. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to cut it into pieces. Maybe, you know, get to the end of the first week and maybe we'll see how long it takes. I'm going to try we'll see and see how we go. Yeah, I'm going to try and be uh, as succinct as possible. Right, yeah. Starting off on day one, I was picked up at 4.30 in the morning. I am not a morning Ouch. person. No, you're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, darling, you're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did get a couple of hours sleep. But yeah, 4.30 in the morning, it was pouring with rain. It was incredibly windy and uh, yeah, getting picked up at that time, horrible. We aquaplaned a couple of times on the motorway on the way down to Dover. Uh, we saw even at oh, that time word. in the morning, there were like three or four accidents that we saw, just people not driving properly, but it was fine. We got down there. We found a little cul-de-sac to park the car at and then get picked up by the other guys in the van. This is me and the guitarist, Paul, mm -hmm. Paul Brightman, who's been on the show before. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we got picked up in the van by the other guys. This was Tim, the singer, and uh, Ian, the drummer, mm -hmm. and the driver, whose name was yep. Simon Laws, kind Ooh, of an, okay. a skin, skinhead from the 80s. Um, he's been, he was in, nice. um, he was in Sid and Nancy as an extra. 
Oh, really? Yeah, and he's oh, been wow. in various other... I think he was in, like, Doctor Who or something like that as a skinhead back in the Sylvester McCoy days. Oh, wow. Things like that. So, I like um, it. Well, you know, there's there's always going to be parts for skinheads. So, you know, maybe I'm missing my calling. <laughs> yeah, just get yourself some <laughs> Doc Martens, a couple of braces. Oh, I think so. Do some uh, jumping around to madness. I can do that. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so he was driving us. We went, we got to Dover. We got on the ferry. Eventually, I couldn't quite work out why I was uh, swaying. I've never been on a ferry before. Oh, I see. Okay. Or not one that wasn't just over a short kind of straight right. or something, you know. And and how was it your first experience of a ferry? I tell you what, it was choppy. We weren't <laughs> sure really because only a few days before the wind was so high. And the seas were so rough that they were cancelling ferries. And so we were like, yeah. what happens if this gets cancelled? You know, it, it could have ended before it had begun, you know, but luckily oh, okay. not. But it, this was just while it was in the dock as well, like in the harbour. It was still rocking around. And I was kind of like, I feel pissed. Why am I staggering all over the place? And then it <laughs> suddenly dawned on me that, no, I'm on the water. And this is what ferries do, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I'm afraid so, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as we got out of the harbour, it got even worse. And I had to go and sit down mm. in the centre of the boat and just try and concentrate on not feeling yeah. queasy. It wasn't like I got seasick, but you couldn't walk down. Like everyone's doing this the whole way down the kind of corridor. Yeah. I was in the duty-free <laughs> section and all the all the alcohol was rattling around on the shelves. And I was like, this is not, I'm going to have to go and sit somewhere. Yeah. And just chill just out. Just find a spot, plant yeah. yourself, and don't move. <laughs> find my zen place, you know? <laughs> your, yeah, your centre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when we got closer to France, it all kind of flattened out, and it was much easier to kind of uh, actually get up and walk about and interact with people without feeling like I was going to fall over or something. So so what was your your destination on the on the first day where were you heading towards We were going to Cologne in Germany so we obviously Dover to Calais and then we drove through France Belgium and then into Germany it was a good um 3 or 4 hours maybe Cologne is kind of north Germany it was it was a good plan it kind of started in north Germany went down towards Poland then Czech then down to south Germany and back up again I'm following the route on the map behind your head, so it's quite handy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of here and then into here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's really handy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we got to Cologne and we got to the airport to pick up the merch girl, Katie, who is a Belarusian, but she lives in Poland because Belarus is not a great place for skinheads to live. Or anyone counterculture yeah, by the that. sounds of it. She's uh, lived a hell of a life, that girl. Yeah. Tricky, tricky place to live, apparently, Belarus. Yeah. But um, yeah, so oh, we picked weird. her up from the airport and she'd been at the airport for six or seven hours because she got her times wrong and thought that we were oh, getting no. to the airport at 10 o'clock, whereas we were actually getting to Calais at 10 o'clock. So oh. <laughs> she'd been sat around so, all day. So she, she wasn't in the... <laughs> She wasn't in the best of moods by the time you got to her. I never saw her in less than an almost ecstatic mood the entire time. She's one of these naturally oh, up wow. people. And uh, so the, the way that the van was laid out as well, it's quite a large Mercedes kind of sprintery type van. And it's split into three sections. Yeah. You've got the front cabin with the bench seat, three people in the front. 
three people in the back on slightly comfier reclined seats. And um, then the back, gotcha. the actual back section is where the doors open and that's where all the gear is. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a lot of legroom in the front. <laughs> that's where you always were. <laughs> yeah. My, myself and Katie were given the front bench uh, along with the driver, Simon. And um, yeah, it was it was cramped. We had to like because the center seat was like the console sticks out, so there was even less legroom. So each day we kind of sure. switched over to make it easier on ourselves. But it was that's, quite that's nice. Being very gentlemanly of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I try my hardest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was quite nice because she's about our age as well. Well, she's a little bit younger, but uh, every, everyone else is, you know late a little bit older mid yeah. mid to late 50s through to late 60s so you know <laughs> there was a there was a definite kind of it was cool like the front bench seat was where you know the the young the young things were hanging out gotcha the, the young short people <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the tiddlers <laughs> yeah yeah so um anyway we, we picked her up from the airport we went into the city we found the first club which was the sonic ballroom and it was probably one of those places that as you say I don't want to go in there. <laughs> it was uh, it was the one that looked like an old pub, but all the windows were boarded up. The whole place was graffitied and stickered. And it was also where we were staying the night as well. Oh, okay. Which is fine because actually like it was almost a 22 hour day by the time we finally came off stage. You don't want to be going to a hotel. Wow. No. Yeah. You don't want more traveling after that, do you? To find where your digs are. Um, but I mean, you must have been kind of, I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I can imagine that after such a hefty day of traveling to then perform, you must have been grateful of the sort of adrenaline boost from from playing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I was a little bit apprehensive about the tour anyway for a, a number of reasons. There's a couple of things going on and like the last couple of gigs that we had weren't particularly great over in the UK. Right. And we hadn't managed to get a practice in. So we were all a little bit like, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> um, so you're basically treating the first gig like a kind of rehearsal. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a bit nervy, really. Mm. So we were supported by a band called Diva Genas. Which I'm sure you can. There's a lot going on in there, isn't there? Yeah, right. yeah. They were a kind of <laughs> mixture of ages and stuff. They had a female lead singer who was um, uh, at the older end of the spectrum, but wearing not a lot uh, and making making a bit of a racket. They were an interesting <laughs> band. Was it was it punk music? Yeah, yeah. I mean, virtually all the bands that we played with were punk bands, but like from all across the spectrum from like pop punky kind of almost commercial rock stuff right the way through to Mm -hmm. like hardcore almost verging on metal bands in some cases oh right okay but these guys were kind of thrashy kind of street punky type stuff a bit scuzzy a bit kind of raucous Mm -hmm. they were all right (laughs) they weren't they weren't the best (laughs) they they weren't the best band on the tour but they were nice people and that's that's what I yeah. came to realize actually was like everyone we met was nice generally spell oh, except one yeah one to them <laughs> oh yeah well I'm looking forward to that <laughs> so yeah we uh, kind of uh, while they were playing we got fed a home cooked meal by one of the women who worked there mm-hmm. except that it was full of chilies and I'm intolerant to chili so 
ah. I couldn't eat that. And she was distraught. She was really upset. Um, and I was like, it's fine. I'll find something else to eat. Don't worry about it. I didn't. In the end, all, all I had, all I could eat that was there was a uh, dry pasta or plain pasta. Should uh, I say. Obviously it was cooked. It was what the, it was what the uh, vegan meal was going on top of. Gotcha. And yeah. because I was so gentlemanly that I was like, don't put yourself out to make me anything else. That was literally all I had. So, um, but we had a fridge full of beer and that got me through. Oh, so, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's always, there's always a silver lining around mm. the, <laughs> around there. Uh, well, and especially if you're in Germany, I hope, I hope it was, uh, some pucker German beer as well. It was, yeah. I mean, all the beer was pretty good. It was quite gassy. German beer is quite gassy, mm. but you know, it's free. So what can you do? Yep. So first gig, we get up. We start playing and I'm like, mm, waiting for the first couple of songs to get out the way. And then third song starts. And I'm like, oh, no, it's actually it's it's fine. This is great. Mm. <laughs> so my kind of fear it's level clicking. drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My fear level drops. <laughs> and uh, actually, the gig itself went really well. I suppose the place held maybe somewhere between 75 to 100 people. And it was rammed mm -hmm. like loads of people in yeah. there. So a decent and, energy in the room. So. Yeah, good energy. There were people down the front really kind of getting involved. And, you know, that does G you up a bit as a performer. Mm, sure. So what, let me ask, what, while you were on the tour, did you see that Sham had quite a decent fan base over there? Yeah, it seems that, like, you know, the turnouts were all really, like, there weren't many... There were probably one or two that were not quite sellouts, shall we put it that way. But most of them were were generally really well attended, and um, yeah, right. it kind of it kind of surprised me. Really, I don't know why it surprised me, but because obviously I've never done it before. I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, like I'd been told, like it's a completely different thing out in Europe than it is in the UK because the UK people are a bit mm. more apathetic. Turnouts aren't right. always brilliant, but then again, you've got the other Sham sixty nine doing quite a few gigs in in the uk as well yeah yeah uh, i don't know i don't know if you want to go into that at all so if, for people who don't know that there is actually two sham 69s happening at the same time yeah i'm in the tim v version which is technically mm. the original band that jimmy percy was kicked out of and then for a while it was the drummer and the guitarist and then this new singer came in and um, for about five or six years, that was the case. And then Jimmy Percy came yeah. back and kind of reformed the original lineup and stole the guitarist away and brought the original <laughs> bassist back in as well. So this is this is the band I'm in has the drummer and the guy who came in to replace the original singer. And then it's me and Paul. Blimey. And so in the in the UK, there's a lot of people can turn up expecting the other lot. And mm. there can be a little bit of friction, shall we say, sometimes. Yeah. Didn't really experience any of that out there, um, which was great. I, I mean, that, that's good. I mean, they, they'll just be wanting to see the band, won't they? I mean, they're, they're not going to be embroiled in the sort of the internal mm. or external politics that are going on with Sham 69 and yeah. Sham 69.5. They're just, they're going to be there for the music. And I suppose that that's got to be, that's, yeah, as you say, the, the the Brits tend to get a bit sort of I don't know, a bit vitriolic about stuff like that. Whereas, as you say, in Europe, they're just going to enjoy the the, the songs. They're and to be fair, even the people that even some of the people who complain 
that it's not mm. the real band in the UK. Once you get to the kind of more well-known songs, they're up dancing and singing anyway. Yeah. So like, it's all about the yeah. songs rather than the people, I think, personally. I couldn't agree more. Yep. And yeah, so gig went really well. Uh, stayed up talking to some people outside, including one guy who had his entire record collection in a in a crate. And we were like, what the hell are you doing with that? Okay. He was like, oh, this this place does like it blocks off the street during the summer and has a festival. And I was DJing back in 2021 and forgot to take my records home with me. And this is the first time I've been back <laughs> since. Wow. The first of many eccentric people that I met on my uh, on my time out there. Yeah, wow. So he's been, been a year without his record collection. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. There's someone who DJs, apparently. I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think his, uh, I think his Spotify will be getting quite a hammering hooked up to a speaker somewhere where he's playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, everyone was really friendly. Went to bed, slept like a fucking log, despite the fact that um, the four of us were in a room on bunk beds on like the thinnest mattresses you could ever like you could feel the wires through these mattresses <laughs> i survived the night and i was like all right i can do mm. that fine that's that's something ticked off i've survived a night in a room with four old kind of snoring blokes including myself in that <laughs> as one of the worst as you well know and uh <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so and, and that was the end of the first night second day we went to hanover I decided to do work in the van. I was like, I'm going to be professional about this. I'm doing the, the job at night. I'm going to do the job in the van. Did some of my editing. So I didn't really notice anything going on in the van. I was like headphones on, head down, do the work. Are you glad you did that? Are you glad you sort of had something to occupy you during the day? For the first day, yeah. I mean, I'm quite a shy person with people that I don't know. So I'm sitting in the front with two people I've never met. My mate's in the back with like Tim and Ian yeah, who I do he's got longer legs <laughs> exactly yeah with Tim and Ian who I do know but like I don't know them particularly well like we've only played eight gigs together and practiced maybe three times in the last year and a half <laughs> right because you're just expected to turn up and do it basically sure and uh so yeah like I, I kind of with new people so I was just like I'm just going to get on with my work do what I can get it out of the way so I don't have to think about it later on in the week basically because I was like I can see how this is going to go like late nights mm -hmm. lots of drinking get as much yeah. out of the way as possible so that I can kind of you know I don't have to balance it too much anyway sure so we got to the hotel in Hanover early so we couldn't check in straight away but then we had to stay with the van because it was on like a bit of street where you couldn't really park so we couldn't kind of leave it ah. and then it was like it was a budget ibis oh, but it dear. shared a reception with the hotel next door which was a different chain altogether which was really odd oh so we got our key cards from this this reception and we went me and paul were sharing a room we went in the lift to go up to the room couldn't get in found a member of staff who actually did let us into the room and it was really plush and we're like Hmm. This is this is really nice. I don't think this is where we're supposed to be. And sure enough, we went. We into, don't belong here. Nah. They were like, "Oh no, the ibis is over there. Like, you got to go out of here into the next building." And then we got into that building, and it was a bed with a bunk bed on top of it. And I was like, "This is much more like it." Here we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we know our station in life. 
it is what it is. It's just a place to get changed and sleep. But there is no privacy in those budget Ibis rooms. Like literally the shower is just a cubicle in the corner of the room. There is there is no separate like room for it. There's a separate room for the toilet, but not for the shower. There's you just have no privacy. You've just got to turn around or go out of the room or something. You yeah. know, it's um I'm yeah. dispelling yeah, the you, myth. You, the the etiquette. Yeah. Yeah, the the etiquette becomes uh apparent very, very quickly yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you're in yeah. those situations. Yeah. Uh I'm dispelling the myth that touring is glamorous, especially with punk bands. Uh yeah, you know, not everyone's you too. You no. know, oh, the stones. No. <laughs> it's that's not how it works. No, but yeah. So you know, like I say, it's a place to get changed and it's a place to sleep. Basically, I went to try and find the venue later on uh, after a bit of a chill out, and we got to the end of the street and it was pedestrianised. We could see the venue, mm. but we couldn't drive to it. So we drove all the way around the one way ah. system to the top of the street to hopefully come in the top. No, it's pedestrianised. And there's a tram station right outside it. And we're like, how the fuck do we get to the venue? <laughs> so eventually we, we get the promoter to come out and find us. And then myself and Tim and Katie went into the, the venue itself and waited for them to come down. And sure enough, they just drove down the pedestrianised bit because you can if you're loading in. Uh. <laughs> we weren't told. The know. more you know. <laughs> exactly. And this place, it was called um, Stranger Rider Stage, and it was a tiny bar, a tiny bar, mm. capacity of maybe 50 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we got in and I was like, this is the lobby, and then there'll be a bigger room back there, surely. Nah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Was it a tiny stage as well? Uh, like half a foot high, you know, like literally like in, it, it was a horseshoe bar. And we were playing on one side of it. Like you walked in from this side, there's the horseshoe bar. And we were, yeah. we were on the stage on the side over there, but like the room itself was split in half. There's like a, an old smoking <laughs> room here that was the backstage, except that it was completely open and people could just wander in and out. It, it was honestly, it's bizarre, bizarre. Um, and I just thought, what the fuck? It are really we doing doesn't here? sound like it's built to be a music venue at all. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. It's it's utterly bizarre. And again, we were we were served with more vegan food, home cooked vegan food. Again, you know, great because I think there's a stigma. I was expecting bratwurst and schnitzels and things like that. Sure. And uh, but I think the punk scene is quite left wing out there. In fact, it very left wing. Like. Definitely. <laughs> like a, a lot of the bands that we played with were like super anti-fascist, which I'm like, well, isn't that like your neutral position? You should just be anti-fascist anyway. I I, I think so. If, if you're quite, you know, right thinking, not, I don't mean right thinking, I mean correct thinking in your head, <laughs> then I think, yes, then uh, um, I, I think being anti-fascist is probably the way to go to, to, to keep the majority happy. Yeah. But um. Luckily, there was a kebab shop just outside. So we were like, right, after <laughs> after the gig, that's where we're heading. We need meat. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's, it's all very well and good having basically lentils and pasta. But two nights in a sure. row was, uh, was a little bit, you know. You need that protein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were setting up and then we realized that Ian had left his kick pedal in Cologne. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> no. 
I mean, uh, as as things for a drum kit go, that's quite an important bit. It's up there as one of the main things, <laughs> you know. I mean, think yes. about any song that isn't acoustic. There's a beat. Yeah, and that's pr- provided by the bass drum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you being a bass player, you kind of need that as well. Yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> Luckily, there was a support band because there weren't support bands at all the gigs. So we were lucky that there was a support band at this one and they lent him their kick pedal. To be fair, though, I mean, for the support band, it's lucky that they had that bit of kit because, I mean, a lot of venues will have their own drum kit, won't they? And so things like that. So they may not have brought one. So, yeah, I mean, normally, normally the kick pedal is included in breakables, which you've got to bring as well as your cymbal stands and things like that. But uh, yeah, not not everyone does travel with them. And some people leave oh, them behind. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I assume he never got it back either. Well, it eventually, I think the original plan was to get it mailed out to another venue down the line. But eventually, oh, when wow. we came back to that part of Germany, we just detoured back to Cologne to pick it up on the way to, like, nice. uh, I don't know, Dortmund or something or Hamburg or something. Um, but this was like the last ah. couple of gigs. Like he, we had to, the next morning after, <laughs> after this Hanover gig, we found a music shop and went there and had to buy a new one. <laughs> God, blimey, eating into your uh, touring profits already. Yeah, that's it. Every, every well, single they're, time. They're, they're not cheap. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. I think they paid something like 80 odd euro and that was knocked down because it was like secondhand Whoa. and things like that. But yeah, so the, the other band, they were called Rots Austerweiser, um, which apparently translate as snot in the meadow. Wow. That is an <laughs> awesome, awesome name. I've, I'm in love with this band already. What they played name. like, they played lime kind of snot green guitars as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> Of course they did. Why did I think of that before? Oh, that's wonderful. And because they had like a double bass pedal as well, and the the kind of they were like Ibanezes, and so we were like, right, these guys oh. are gonna be heavy as fuck. But actually, they weren't. Uh, yeah, they were kind of pop punky. They did a bit of ska. They did. A, they covered a lot of basses. Yeah, they were really good. And uh, I'm gonna have to chat to them at some point. They gave me their CD at the end of the night, which I need to have a listen. Oh, to. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think of a punk band using a double kick. Nothing instantly springs to my mind. No, it's not kind of, it's more your kind of hardcore bands that would do that. Kind it's, of thing. it's your metal, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. And, and using Ibanez's as well is, is an odd thing for, for a punk. But, but I, I like it, though. I like their style. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. I would, uh, I would suggest listening to them. But, uh, it's not but, yeah. in the meadow. It's not in the meadow. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm, I'm in love. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then like they, they really warmed the crowd up and then it kind of it almost kind of emptied out. But I think everyone was smoking and everyone had to go outside. And it was a bit like, shit, they came here for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as we got on, it kind of filled back up again. You just reminded me of when I went to see Machine Head in Birmingham and um, they had three bands in support. I can't remember the last one, but uh, Devil Driver were on. Right. and everyone was there just going mental and then bring me the horizon came on and everyone fucked off <laughs> <laughs> you'd got it gone from about twenty thousand people just suddenly like hello hello <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful <laughs> i've never seen oh. anything like it 
Oh man, I don't think I've ever seen that at a festival before. Well, no, it wasn't a festival. It was, it was, it was, it was an arena. It was oh, in Birmingham right. Arena, and um, <laughs> and so I've never ever seen that. So everyone who wanted to drink went to get a drink. Everyone who wanted to smoke went to smoke, and no one was watching <laughs> Bring Me the Horizon because, because let's be let's be fair, they're shit. So it was just sort of like, oh, okay. But even when Machina came on, he went, did did everyone like Bring Me the Horizon? And it was like crickets. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was mental. Never seen that wow. like it. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. that's mad. But um, yeah. So gig again went quite well. Not quite as well as the night before, but I think there was just a the atmosphere in the place wasn't quite as you know it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of venue as the night before. I think, but uh, gotcha. we got through it. It was fine. People had fun. Everyone was very nice. This is like the theme of the thing. Everyone was nice. Yeah. And at the end of the apart night, from one person, from <laughs> one band. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we we grabbed a kebab afterwards. That was lovely. One of the best kebabs I've ever had. Proper meat. Well, two thumbs up for German kebabs. Yeah, not off like the spinning <laughs> elephant leg, but like proper bits mm. of meat, proper vegetables in a proper pitta with like really nice um, dressing. Yeah, pr- pucker. <laughs> while we were while we were waiting, this um. This girl comes up and starts talking to us and uh, she's got an American accent and we're like, where are you from? And she's like, guess. And we're like, okay, fine. Well, it turns out that she was, she is German, but she went to school at an American school because her dad was in the military or something. She's half German, Uh, half Chinese. Uh, Her name was uh, Lena or possibly Lena. I don't know. But she was like, are you guys famous? Because people kept coming up and talking to us and asking us to sign things. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. kind of like it's I'm not, but like <laughs> these guys are in this band and it's like from the 70s, all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, wow. Mm. And she was really nice. She was just waiting for a kebab while these six people were, you know, holding up the line, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, we went back to the hotel and we all ate kebabs in the foyer. And uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> It was it was, it was a roll. pretty nice night, yeah. Next day was a six-hour drive to somewhere called Eberswalde, which was like this tiny village in the middle of fucking nowhere. And we turned up to the hotel, and the promoter had the keys to the hotel. And this is going to become a theme as well. It's like, turn up early, not getting allowed in. Mm. <laughs> right, okay. They obviously didn't like your brand of uh, efficiency. <laughs> yeah, no, it's strange, isn't it? You think the Germans are well known for their precision and efficiency. Mm. Strictly for strictly for routine and yeah, precision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they wanted us to come to the club first and then maybe have us ah, okay. hang around for a bit. But we just, after, after six hours on the road, you just want to chill out, you know? Yeah. We eventually did get in. These guys turned up, what was his name? Lars. And his mate, who uh, were James. proper, yeah, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they turned up with the key. They looked proper scuzzy, and like you know, homeless punks. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> if you like, they had that trustworthy. Air. They, had, they had that air about them. But the hotel itself was like this kind of Airbnb type place, and it was pristine inside of like lovely beds i just yeah it was really nice and we decided that instead of going down to the venue for what time they wanted us there do you think it was five we were like no we're not leaving until seven fuck it we'll have a sleep here before we go out 
<laughs> Need to take advantage of the really nice place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like two night, two nights in bunk beds, sharing rooms, and all of a sudden you get these like proper beds, and you're like, right, we're staying here. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so by the time we got down there at like seven seven thirty, we pulled up to this place, and it was down this dirt road. Have you ever seen the film Green Room? Do you know, when you were t- talking about going to this tiny little village in the middle of nowhere, that's what instantly came to my mind was Green Room. Yes, I love that movie. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But yeah, I got strong Green Room vibes off this place. Like we turned up, it was down a dirt road. It was in the middle of woods mm-hmm. and it was a bunker. Yep. It was a fucking bunker. And we were like, <laughs> it was called Exil, which is exile as well. So hardcore. Right. Um, lots of people already there milling around like loads of different types of people as well like mohawks Mm. skinheads like crusty punk hippie types people who look like they'd just gone there from work it was it was a bizarre set of people wow and you walked in through the door on the right hand side behind the bar was like a pool table and foosball over in one corner then the other side was this enormous dance floor and a huge stage with PA set up. And it was like, wow, this is a fucking venue. Brilliant. But it's out in the middle of nowhere as well. That's so strange. What yeah. a great setup to have. <laughs> well, what we found out about the place is that it was a concentration camp. Oh. Yeah. And uh, that's going to provide an odd atmosphere. Yeah. It really was quite sobering. We were taken out into another building out the back where the punters weren't allowed to have food. And it was fucking brilliant. It was beautiful. Roasted peppers with sausage meat stuffed inside it. And I was, oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> meat. <laughs> For the first yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the meat again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in this room, it was like an art space. Like there were lots of uh, like mm. pictures hanging up and clothes being designed and things like that. But... In the far corners of the room were two sunken pits with perspex over the top. And in one of them, there were rusted machine guns. And in the other one, there were shells and little dolls. God, blimey, that's sobering. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now, but like the, the history behind the place is that people were detained there and then they were marched up to a factory in the village and they were gassed in that factory. <sighs> and uh, yeah. It's like, it's like, right, who wants to play some punk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking hell. Wow. But this is, this is the best thing about these venues that we were in, man. Like, mm. They are government funded, a lot of them. Oh, wow. For the arts, like the German government Mm -hmm. provides grants for these places and especially places like this, which is obviously, you know, has Mm. a horrific history, but turning it into an art center and a music venue for for good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sort of reappropriating historical value for uh, for something modern is yeah that's a, that's a hell of a good way to go i wish uh, i wish we had a government that would do something like that that'd be yeah nice, it? yeah obviously our <laughs> government doesn't give a fuck about the arts we all know that couldn't give a shit <laughs> which is a shame because you know mm. these venues that i was going to as much as they're covered in stickers and graffiti and stuff 
they're clean they're run professionally mm. like everyone there knows what they're doing yeah it just like it runs That's... smoothly like even the toilets like everything is covered in stickers but it's clean yeah. like you can actually mm -hmm. take a shit in these toilets and not worry about catching <laughs> something off the toilet seat you know what i mean like, Oh, dear me. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's got to be a breath of fresh air, isn't it? I mean, because I mean, we don't we don't go a week in this country without hearing of another music venue closing. Or then there's this bullshit that's been happening recently about uh, venues taking such a massive cut of the merch yeah. sales. And that's I mean, that's ridiculous. And then from what you're telling me, that's that's how it should be done, like how they do it there. I think that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing, really. And and it's why there's such a great scene out there as well. There's loads of bands mm. and everyone gets on. Everyone's so friendly because it's just a place mm. to go to hang out with like minded people. There's no there was no uh, there was no issues. Uh, there were no fights. There was no you know, no one was getting overly leery. Like it was just a nice yeah. atmosphere everywhere. Despite the fact that you knew this particular place was a, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the cliche, isn't it? Is that it's, it's sometimes people are just there to have a good time, yeah, and not to, you know, get wankered and punch people, and and yeah. that's a that's a, a relief as well. Yeah. Um, can I just ask uh, the um, everywhere you went, you uh, no, not everywhere. You said some nights you didn't have support bands, but the support yeah. bands you did have were, were they just local to the areas you were playing in? Not always, no. Mostly they were, but other bands were also kind of touring around as well and just happened to be in the same place. Okay. I guess the promoters put them on the same bill as us, you know. I don't really know how it was all That's set cool. up, whether it was the local promoters or whether it was the tour management that did it. But um, yeah, right. mostly local, but sometimes they, they were on their own little tours mm. themselves. So yeah, these That's guys really cool. um, that supported us here were called Starts. And they were the heaviest band that supported us by far. They were verging on metal. They were kind of that right. kind of hardcore punk slash metal. And they're, they're yeah. again, well worth checking out, I think, starts. They sing in both German and English, sometimes in the okay. same song. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, really fucking good. And um, because we turned up late, we didn't get a sound check. So we were like, right, we'll just have a line check before we go on, make sure everything's working. And we didn't even get that. So <laughs> not oh. only was the place. <laughs> so it was really kind of, again, it was quite nervy because like there were lots of people there. This was easily a 400 cap venue. Um, oh, wow. And lots of different types of people. They were really kind of getting into the kind of slam dancing and moshing and stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what then happened was like, I couldn't hear anything through my own monitor for most of the gig. Um, ah. Which was an issue, but actually became the key to me not getting in my own head. Because what, okay. I, what I realized later on is that if I can hear my own bass, I start focusing only on that. Right. And I, I get into my own head quite a bit. And then if I make a mistake, mm -hmm. it really stands out to me. And then I get really like, oh, fuck, I've done that. And then I start making more mistakes and it's a spiral um some, sometimes uh but actually yeah not hearing anything it kind of freed me up to be like right okay i know what i'm playing i know where my mm -hmm. fingers are and actually yeah. it was it was it was it was pretty cool 
So you just kind of even more feeling the the song than just sort of concentrating on exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being more kind of muscle memory than mm. brain memory, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that being quite relaxing to when you're playing live as well. It's a totally different way of doing it. I've always wanted to hear myself, but now I will never have bass in a monitor ever again, I don't think, because it just it worked. Wow. But yeah, so again, you know, got through that. It was it was a pretty good set. At the beginning, the crowd weren't really on side, it seemed. Like during the support act, they were like, How about Sham 69? nothing and we're like fucking hell <laughs> oh my god oh no but then even like they were quite amped up for this band starts but at the end of the song there was no clapping it was just oh. people kind of going Way! but no no applause and we were like this is a weird energy in this room like it's a strange yeah. and when we started playing it was kind of like it was almost like arms folded no one really kind of getting into it. One of those, okay. Yeah, until about halfway through the set, <laughs> and then people started moving forward, and then the well-known songs come in, and people kind of loosened up a gotcha. bit more. But uh, yeah, it was the first time that we were like, don't know quite how this is going to end up. Are we going to get stuff thrown at us, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to end up like uh, Bob's Country Bunker, <laughs> just getting glasses <laughs> thrown at you. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was praying for a mesh screen in front of us. You know? <laughs> Chicken wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. But yeah, yeah. in the end, you know, we got them around on side. Afterwards, we met a guy called TJ, who um, his parents met at a Sham 69 show in Sheffield like 20 odd years ago. I think he was 26 oh, wow. or 27. Wow. And he was like, I was conceived that night. <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom <laughs> like his parents met and they conceived him that night um so wow. that was quite a cool there's a, little there's a story yeah yeah <laughs> it all comes full circle <laughs> it certainly does but yeah nicked a crate of beer took it back to the hotel and uh like everyone kind of crashed out but i i just i'm too amped when I come off stage, I've got mm. to give it a few hours. So um, myself and Katie yeah. sat on the stairwell drinking and kind of getting to know each other. It was the first time we'd properly kind of connected, I suppose, in that way. Mm. And uh, we kind of was yeah. like, she's got loads of tattoos. Um, she's got the skinhead girl haircut, you know, all, all that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, all the Fred Perry stuff, all the, all the yeah, Doc Martens gotcha. and shit. And um, yeah, we stayed up until three o'clock in the morning kind of discussing tattoos and what it meant and various things about like, especially that's the whole Belarus thing. I was kind of learning about her life mm. there and how difficult that had been. And the fact that she's in Poland and she's been there for five years, but at any point could technically be deported back. Wow. And that would not be a great thing. No. A proper kind of deep and meaningful. <laughs> sure it's, yeah yeah uh, but, but it's just it's just so odd and it's just this wonderful thing about life isn't it you, you sort of you go through it you meet people who've led such a vastly different existence and and yet here you are sat on the stairs having a beer with someone at three o'clock and getting on like house on fire yeah, I, yeah. Always, I, I like shit like that it's cool 
<clears throat> and it's funny that the kind of conversations that you get into with people that you've never met before and even people at gigs and stuff. Mm. There was one particular, was it? Well, there was one girl in Dortmund, I think uh, her name was Sarah. And um, we were just talking after the show and it got on to like her boyfriend is her rock. And I was like, well, my girlfriend is my rock. Like I'm fucked. Like I've, I've we've been through some, <laughs> I've been through some really weird times and she's like, yeah, I'm totally fucked in the head as well. And like, is that you get into these completely like why am i talking to you about this but it seems it's like exactly. everyone's just in this kind of euphoric state you know and everyone's kind of amped up and it's just i love that about life you know like you can just meet people mm. and if you're on the same wavelength you can just get straight mm. into it with people you know i i completely agree but it, and then there's also sometimes it's it's really freeing when you know you're never gonna see this person ever again yeah it's just this tiny blip in your entire lifetime and but it's it's still somehow enjoyable and meaningful it's it's i really like that yeah it's not kind of surface level because a lot of people like oh yeah i really enjoyed the show blah 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 and then they're off but you can find one or two people where you're like here's my life yeah it's great but also we stayed up that late as well because we knew that we were leaving later in the morning we had all morning to just chill out which was nice because we were only just going down the road to where were we going the next day why haven't i written it down Uh... oh that's that's annoying i can't remember where that was (laughs) you gotta remember as well this is a month ago now and if i don't write a name down i'm absolutely like But uh, but then it's also you got to factor in that this is the day after you stayed until three o'clock drinking beer. So. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning, I actually had a, a really nice FaceTime with Joe as well because we didn't get much time to actually do that because it's like literally mm. while she's at work, I'm on the road and there's no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I get to a place, you've got like an hour, then you're loading in, then you're kind of sitting around doing sound check and eating and then it's drinking time yeah. and getting on stage. You know, it's like by the time I'm off stage, it yeah. was like too late. So we really only were, you know, texting and stuff, really. So it was really nice to have, like, I think in, in all three FaceTimes the entire two and a half weeks we were out there. Wow. But, oh, no, it was Berlin is where we were going the next day. That's it. I, I knew go. it. I knew it would come back to me. So Berlin, really excited. Take my breath away. He got there eventually. <laughs> it's podcasting, isn't it? I can talk and talk and talk. <laughs> and eventually yep. it'll kind of come back. We all know this. You get, you get used to vamping after a while and then you do. <laughs> the, the answer will finally come to your head eventually. Yeah. Professionals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do this for a living. <laughs> We do, sort of. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> so I was really excited to get to Berlin because I thought, fucking hell, I've never been there. It's an extraordinary city. I'm going to have loads of time to wander about because we're going to be there early. Forgetting it was Sunday. Ah. We turned up at about one o'clock in the afternoon and we'd driven like through the city past the Reichstag and all that kind of thing. And I was like, this, I'm coming back here. This, I'm going to, you know, remember how to get here. Yeah. We turned up to the hostel at one uh, in the afternoon and they were like, oh yeah, we, you can't get your keys until two. And we're like, oh, okay, well, that doesn't really <laughs> give us all that much time, does it? Mm. 
and we were supposed to be loading in at three because it was Sunday and we were on at seven. <sighs> right. <laughs> so we, we waited around. I got a pizza from a vending machine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've never done How that was before. That? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was better than you might imagine, actually. It was, it was actually quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the machine cooks it for you while you wait. It's, it's bizarre. I've noticed. Hmm. <laughs> but then we got our keys at two and then they told us that we couldn't get into the room until three. So actually we'd had, oh. three, we'd had, we'd had okay. two and a half hours that we could have. Yeah. Just gone off, do a bit of sightseeing. <laughs> yeah. But alas, luckily, luckily the hostel had a piece of the Berlin wall outside it. So I did actually get to see a piece of the Berlin Wall. I think yeah, I saw a photo of you with it, I think. Yeah, there were photos. But yeah, you know, it was fine. We got we got to the venue, uh, a place called the... No, it's gone. <laughs> it's like the remit or the... the, the, the I don't know. Anyway, it was, a, it, it was a strange place. It was a strange place. Mm. Very small stage, quite long and narrow. Okay. with a bar right up the back end up some stairs but it was almost like i think it had only really been open for a couple of months and they were literally still building it like they were still sticking it together with oh. gaffer tape oh, wow. there was this mad irish bloke wandering around throwing things about and swearing at everything and everyone in his way oh you fucking bollocks get out of the phone way oh you fucking con you fucking con you <laughs> and I was like, he must be the manager to be speaking to people the way he's th th speaking to people and kind of smashing things about. Yeah. Turned out he was just some electrician who was oh, there okay. doing the wiring. And he was he was a bizarre, a bizarre person. Must be late 50s, but looked probably like he's in his 70s. Like he's lived about 20 lifetimes. Wow. And eventually, after he stopped doing his work, he actually came backstage to where we were in the green room and started to get undressed and dressed into his kind of glad rags. Oh, okay. Which he was like, you know, I've got nice clothes to wear for the gig and they were battered old clothes. <laughs> but uh, they were like okay. <laughs> battered old brothel creepers, some kind of tweedy looking trousers, shirt and braces and, and, and a kind of pork pie hat. <laughs> I do love the fact that you can go anywhere as well. You end up in Berlin and there's always a <laughs> lunatic Irishman. Oh it's my like, God. yeah, there's one everywhere. Well, he was kind of telling us his life story and like he'd been kicked out of Ireland in the 80s or something and went to live in of America. Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he was cutting drugs together and like, and, and kind oh, of, yeah, God. selling drugs and they were all kind of, it was all pretty shady sounding. And then he went to America and yeah. continued doing the same thing until he was kicked out of there quite recently. Uh, <laughs> but during which time so he was like, what you're oh. basically saying is he doesn't learn. <laughs> no. <laughs> and like, you know, he'd been down to Brazil with some band, like he went to a show and befriended them and they took him with them to Brazil. And then he got left there <laughs> because he was so high. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's like a kick drum pedal. He's just <laughs> left behind. Eventually, found his way back to New York, where he continued kind of working in venues and doing stuff, odd jobs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, literally a journeyman. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was an interesting guy, 
but like totally off his rocker. <laughs> but he also told us about times where he's 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 escaped death very narrowly quite a few times. And you're like, okay, fine. So what what happened? And he was like, I was really fucking drunk. <laughs> And I fell off a platform. So your your stories are starting to have a pattern here, mate. There's there's a there's a definite kind of um there's a definite theme to most of your stories. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I fell off the platform onto the tracks, and then right then the train came along, and somehow I didn't have any part of me on the track, and I managed to kind of all this kind of stuff. Oh my god, what a what a guy! Again, just these people that you meet, man. Like. But there was also in that green room, it was like full of shit. Like it was, it was a storing room really. And um, right. on on the table in the back there, we found a razor and a piece of glass covered in kind of you know spurious nice. powders. And we were like, oh, that explains a couple of things as well. <laughs> oh, okay. I I thought I wasn't sure there for a minute if it was left by someone else or if it had been left out for you as like <laughs> part of your rider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not on our rider, but no. <laughs> what is on your rider? <laughs> the rider usually, apparently, yeah, beer of certain brands, bottle of Jack Daniels, and um, some food, you know, uh, crisps and things like Fair that, enough. you know. But yeah. actually, hardly anywhere that we went had that stuff available. I, I don't know whether it's a thing about COVID, like things are a bit more in plentiful supply before covid and now they're not you know or whether it was bad management or whether it's people just don't have the cash to be able to provide that anymore but um yeah either way like everywhere that we went you were allowed free drinks you know you were provided with a fridge full of beer and it was all local stuff which you know i think is better actually getting a taste of the local cuisine yeah it's it's like going you know anywhere abroad like say in in europe you know which has you know some of the best beers in the world and going oh, i'll have a budweiser <laughs> yeah why it's would you do weird, that yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah but yeah the gig itself was fine they didn't have a, a third microphone so i i elected not to do any backing vocals which was fine by me <laughs> because the stage was so small anyway there was no room for it yeah gotcha we did have a, a support band they were called monkey business it was like three guys from Germany or thereabouts. And then like an old bloke on vocals from like Sheffield. So okay. really bizarre, really That's odd. Random. Like I have no idea how that came about because I didn't really get much time to speak to them really. But they were kind of oi punk by numbers. Really, They, they were good musicians, right. but like mm. the vocals were not great. They weren't exactly stretching themselves. No, no. But yeah, that was the first night that during the Kids Are United, normally Paul gets down in amongst it playing guitar during the closing um, choruses of that. And that was the first night that I was like, I've played really well and I've had a good time and I'm going to join in as well. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) That was the first time. And then from then on during the gig, if I'd done a good show and I felt good about it, that was that was the thing I'd, I'd allow myself that if i didn't feel like i'd played quite well enough i didn't allow myself that but you know it's just a little and you mentioned this to the to the band no. <laughs> <laughs> no these are like my own very specific kind of rules inside my head i'm quite a gotcha. 
it's an odd quirk of mine like i make up my own rules <laughs> I, I was just curious like like the first night you do it and he, they just go what the fuck is he doing <laughs> Where, where's he off how fucking day because i went right to the back of the room as well like i told you it was quite long and narrow i just yeah. fucked off to the back of the room <laughs> and then i was like oh wait you you were wireless uh, i hope <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> right the the reason that i bought wireless was to do stuff like that really also yep. another thing not to think about tripping over wires or if i'm moving around on stage someone else isn't going to trip sure. over the wires again it's yep. all it's all in here it's my own weird neuroses <laughs> but then i got up to the end of the room and was still playing it and then i was like oh no there's one more song after this i've got to get back <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of make it back in time. <laughs> just about, yeah, just about. Um, kind of <laughs> ran through the crowd with the guitar outstretched, kind of crouching down yeah. along the floor, trying to get between people. That's awesome. It was good fun. Excellent gig, good times, good people. Eventually got back to the hostel at like, I suppose it must only have been 10 or 11, really, because it was so early and so a bunch of us stayed downstairs drinking in the kind of lobby area there was a bar there that was open until sometime in the morning eventually simon the driver peeled off to go to sleep because obviously he's got to drive the next morning and <laughs> after another hour or two paul decided to go into the room and that left me and katie again just knocking them back and then just as i was about to go to bed this girl comes along, this um, really drop-dead gorgeous girl in floods of tears. And Aww. we were like, oh, shit, what's that all about? And at that level of drunkenness where it's like, what's wrong? <laughs> <And> <laughs> this girl, she, she was called Latifa, and she just found her boyfriend was sleeping with her flatmate and ah. it all gone pear-shaped. And so we stayed up until five in the morning consoling this girl and making her feel better and it was like like i say it was at about maybe two in the morning that this girl turned up and i was just thinking about going to bed myself and then i got sucked nah, into this anymore. i got sucked into this drama and we picked up another kind of portuguese girl who all she wanted to do was give us weed she was like this will make you feel better it'll be fine and we were like mm, maybe maybe <laughs> and then at some point she you being a gentleman just, again yeah yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just it's it's podcast stories though isn't it you know in the back of your mind you're like oh this will be a good story to tell <laughs> yeah yeah no she was she was really nice and then like we all swapped kind of uh instagram details and stuff like that mm. and then for the rest of the tour she was like either messaging or voice messaging the pair of us about what was going on whether she was going to be able to get out into another place get another flat sorted and this stuff we were like really invested wow. in her story <laughs> it's like a little uh, your own mini soap opera following you around while you're on tour yeah <laughs> <laughs> keeping you entertained i like it <laughs> yeah so that was that was the most bizarre evening night morning morning mm. yeah it was the morning <laughs> morning <laughs> yeah because the the problem then was that we drove all the way through to like the middle of poland the next day <laughs> so we had to leave really fucking <sighs> early so i got like three or four hours sleep which at that point is not really sleep is it when you've had a few 
No, it's it's uh, drunk sleep is not proper sleep. No, no. So that that was an eight hour drive from Ooh. Berlin to a place called Torun in Poland to a place called Bar Pamela. Okie doke. Yeah. <laughs> It was quite a cool venue, like lots of pictures of people who'd played there throughout the years on the walls, loads of bands. Poland's an interesting place to drive through. Like as soon as you cross the border from Germany into Poland, the cars all changed. There were fewer BMWs and Audis. There were lots more kind of old, knocked about cars driving around. And like miles upon miles of fields. Like it was so wide open. There was hardly any villages, just like these farms for miles and then you come to a town and then it's further miles yeah. of nothing so, so some might say that's like really easy access for like say oh i don't know an invading force or something yeah it's, you know it's just, yeah it's, might 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 make life a little easier you know? <laughs> indeed it would uh you wouldn't find much resistance i don't think in those areas that's for work <laughs> but uh yeah so we got to torrent and um, went straight to the venue because it was so late by that point. It was such a long drive. Oof, yeah. And uh, we were supported by a band called Angry Town. And they were a British-Polish duo, like a guy from oh. Wales on vocals and guitar okay. and a drummer from Poland. And the guy splits his time between Wales and Poland. It's re- I don't really understand how it works. That's random. And uh, this was the first night it all went wrong for me. Uh-oh. About three or four songs into the set, my amp stopped working. Like it just, it was fine. We finished a song and then there was a bit of talking before the next song. And I went to start the next song and nothing. And I was like, this is oh. weird. Like, have I got my tuner on? Like, is that the reason that nothing's coming? No, that's not it. <laughs> Flicking yeah. the switch on and off, making sure the plug's in. Nothing. It just completely gone. Jeez. So then, like, that was 10, 15 minutes of the sound guy coming over trying to check what was going on. Then he patched me straight into the sound desk. Right. Because you can do that with bass. Sure. You know, you don't really have to take anything with you at all. But that completely changed the sound of my instrument. And then I was way louder than I had been before in the monitors. The atmosphere was really aggressive in there. There was a guy kept coming up to the microphone and being like, give me the microphone, give me microphone. My name is Raphael. Say my name. Fuck Putin. All this stuff. He was really, (laughs) really like unsettling. And eventually Hmm. someone tried to have a go at him and then they almost broke out into a fight. The owner came over and broke it up. But then maybe 20 minutes later, he was stiff armed out the door. I wondered if that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, bumped into some other people on the way out, and then they started fighting, like proper, like headbutting and oh, shit. Oh. Like, oh, it was awful. Jesus. And um, I played like absolute shit because I was so fucking rattled about everything that was going on. Well, of course, yeah. In my head, I was like, I've got this combo amp, but I've got an amp head, but no speaker cabinet. Yeah, no. So, cab, like, yeah. how am I gonna? How am I gonna do this? Like what's like you know i just got in my head about everything and i just could not switch off and then fights were breaking out and i was just like i'm not enjoying this at all it's fucking shit Mm. and at the end of the show i just um if i could have got on a plane or hitchhiked (laughs) to a to an airport and come home i would have i was so fucking distraught by the end of that night 
Jesus. I mean, I, I fucked up virtually every song. Weirdly, though, everyone had a really good time. No one seemed to notice, and I just don't understand how. What what would I mean? I mean, I don't know how it is. As you say, you haven't really played with the band for very long. But I mean, w- would they tell you? Would they go? You know, would would they just say what what the fuck happened there? Why why weren't you on your best? Do, do they do that? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of they were asking what the fuck happened basically, and I I explained <laughs> it in the same way that I've just said it there. Like I I was worried mm-hmm. about that, and then this happened, and then that happened, mm-hmm. and um, just got right into my head and. It's the, like I was saying earlier on, once I start making mistakes and they're noticeable and like you start getting the glares from the other guys in the band as well. And you're like, fucking hell, like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then it just, you overthink everything and you're like, I don't even know if I'm playing the right the right notes now. Like in my head, I'm like, do I even know how to play the bass guitar? I don't know anymore. <laughs> while i'm playing the bass <laughs> yeah so that that thing's strapped to your front that's a bass right <laughs> apparently i play it with a plectrum i could play it with my fingers but i don't think i can oh. honestly oh my word the worst i've ever i've oh played some i've played some shockers in various bands in the past mm. but i've never felt like that i honestly just mm. was like just fucking fire me and send me home yeah. and get someone else to play these songs because I just I don't that, think I can do it anymore. That must have felt like the longest gig ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrific. And then like cuz Tim likes to talk between the songs and get the crowd mm. kind of involved and that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you're having a fucking shocker all you want to do is play the fuck through it and go <laughs> go away. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) let the ground open up. (laughs) It was a fucking nightmare. It was horrendous. Oh, mate. (laughs) Yeah, because the thing is as well, every time I felt like I was getting back on top of it, he'd then talk for five minutes between two songs. I'm like, I need to carry on. I'm on a roll. (laughs) And then something else would happen. I'd be like, oh, I can't remember how to play the song. Oh no! I'm having. God, P- I, can, I can see it going through your head now. It's like an acid flashback. Yeah, I'm having I'm PTSD. You crumble. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was awful. It's like the start of apocalypse now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the lowest point in the entire tour, and I was just like, I can't. I can't do that again. And we had a day off the next day as well. So I'm like, I've got I've got to stop thinking about this. Otherwise, I'll ruin the next 24 hours for myself. Yeah, you need to sort of get out of that headspace a bit, don't you? And sort of yeah. reset and uh, just sort of calm down. Did, did you uh, discover what was wrong with your amp in the end? Well, yes, eventually. It was the fuse popped. Oh, no. So the next day we were off. We went to a town in Czechia called Ostrava and um it was a real kind of like it's really kind of everything is super run down and drab and like ex-communist and it's really kind of like gotcha there's a there's a weird atmosphere it feels oppressive it might just have been my mood uh- <laughs> it's very possible <laughs> <laughs> but um as much as it was a day off it was still seven hours in the car again in the van 
and we got to Ostrava, we found a music shop. They didn't sell fuses. So we went to an electronics shop. We just passed one and we were like, there, they're bound to have fuses. And um, took the whole lamp in and they couldn't speak any English. We couldn't speak any Czech. But eventually I was like, can I have a screwdriver? So I opened up the back of the thing, pulled the fuse out and was like, I want one of these. So we bought <laughs> we bought four just to be on the safe side. <laughs> and when we got to the hotel in the middle of Ostrava, I took the amp into the hotel room, which was on the fourth floor and there wasn't a lift. <laughs> Oh no. So it was it was it was heavy. So got it up into the room, changed the fuse over, popped the fuse in, plugged the amp in, turned it on, bang. <laughs> but it's not the fuse then, is it? It's something else. Is it the transformer? Is it wiring? Um, is it what? I don't know. I don't have God. a set of screwdrivers. Oh. I don't have a soldering kit. Oh, no. I don't know how much a transformer costs. I can't do this. <laughs> so I was just like, right, I'm chucking it in the corner and I'm not thinking about it again until I get home. <laughs> Like there's nothing that can be done. <laughs> so we had a nice evening out in Ostrava. We went to a, a restaurant over the road where we were suddenly being circled by Roma gypsy women. Like oh, there okay. was there was no one in this uh, in this restaurant. It was basically just us. And then these women started coming in and out and hanging around. And we were like, are we gonna get mugged if as soon as we walk out <laughs> yeah. of here? Luckily we didn't, but then later on in the night. Good. They all had a massive fight in the square outside the hotel, and there were three or four police cars <laughs> and a couple of ambulances. And we were like, mm, "Okay, that well, could have been us." Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of got to the point where I started putting my my cards in my socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. Oh, Pre- preparing man. for the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and jamming your keys in between your fucking fingers like a cheap of Wolverine. Course. <laughs> Just just in case, it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was quite nice to have an evening off. We all went out for a, a proper meal together. And yeah, it was probably the first time we'd all sat down at the same time all together and actually had a kind of communal evening out, actually, which was, uh, yeah, pretty nice. And then we were back in Germany the next day. The bloke from Angry Town messaged me asking if I wanted to play bass in his band. And I was like, did you not see me? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. We can't find anyone else. Oh, no, it wasn't Germany. We went to Austria. This is Vienna. Okay. Day number seven, end of the first week. Ah. And we got there with plenty of time, actually. And rather than chill out in the room or actually do any work, because I'd been given some more work, but I passed it on to you. <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you for that. <laughs> because I wanted to... Yeah, a little background uh, that we should point out is that Tom and I both work for the same company. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, there was uh, a couple of bits of work landed on my on my desk <laughs> saying, uh, these need to be done pronto. And I was like... Today. Mm, I wonder if that's because... I wonder if that's because Mr. Austin Morgan is... Uh, <laughs> over in europe <laughs> it did cross my mind and well, it was a weird thing because I... like <laughs> every time we were in czechia the internet worked but i wasn't receiving emails so it was like the next day when i got oh. to austria and then picked up the emails and they were like 
it was an email from the day before saying that these things needed to gotcha. be done today. And I basically had an mm. hour or two to do them in. And I was like, no, I'm in yeah. Vienna and I've actually got time to walk around. So I'm going into Vienna <laughs> rather than making some money. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But as I, as I said to you uh, when, we, when we spoke about it yesterday, I sort of said, well, purely by chance, I was sat where I am now, where I, where I do my editing. And it was just like, can you do this? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sat here. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am. Yeah, so it didn't take me too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was happy to help out. So yeah. No problem. <laughs> and uh, actually on the way down to Austria, Simon, the driver, was talking to me about this Ukrainian singer that he's sponsoring. He's kind of put her up in his house and is setting her up with her bank okay. account and stuff. And she was part of a, the the Ukrainian Scar Orchestra or something was the band that she was in out there. And then he was like, oh. "You're you're into reggae and Scar and stuff, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yes." And he was like, well, when we get back to the UK, should we talk a bit about maybe playing bass for this Ukrainian girl that I'm kind of mentoring? And I'm like, again, did you see me the other night? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a chat about it. I've, I've given it a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be like a kind of more, not Amy Winehouse style, but like not, two tony scar stuff it's somewhere in the middle of right. like gotcha. old school star scar and like more kind of modern poppy like it's going to be a mixture of that which sounds quite interesting yeah. so i might actually mm. do that because wow. this guy is quite he's quite connected he runs um something called the skinhead reunion down in brighton every summer as a kind of weekender okay and he also manages an old reggae band from like the 70s called the pyramids Right. Okay. I don't know if I've heard any of their stuff, but they're like, yeah, kind of old school. Like they're all in their seventies, and they're still touring at the right. moment. Like it's it's pretty. That's pretty great. Old. So yeah, but uh, but yeah. So Vienna, Vienna was a beautiful city. Wandered around there with Katie. Got a currywurst first one of the whole tour. Sat in a park. They were like they were setting up the Christmas markets and everything. It was starting to get a bit chilly. Okay. Properly felt like mm. winter because the other thing, the weather over here was completely shit for like those two weeks mm. we were away. It was beautiful yeah. out in Europe. It was sunny. It was warm. <laughs> it was like everywhere we went, we were like, "When is it going to be winter?" No, it didn't stop raining here. <laughs> we we literally couldn't believe it. Like even in the north of Germany, it's not that far away from the UK, really. But completely different mm. weather altogether. It was, uh, yeah, it was beautiful the whole yes. time we were out there. This this next venue was called Chelsea, and it was underneath a railway arch. Like there's an okay. elevated elevated train that runs through the center of Vienna, mm -hmm. and it was underneath like four or five of these arches. So again, yeah. it was quite a long, narrow venue, and there were like each arch was its own room. Okay. In each room, there was a projector so that if there were that many people that you couldn't fit them all into the main room with the stage, they were projecting it into the other rooms so that you could watch it from there. Oh, wow. Quite a cool little place. That's a really clever idea. Yeah, and it was the highest yeah. the highest stage that we played on. We must have been about five or six feet off the ground and behind a railing as well. Right. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. We asked the sound guy if he could fix my amp and he was like, there's no way we're fixing that. <laughs> So ah, that was that. Okay. <laughs> it then lived in the back of the van for the entire next week and a half. Oh, no. 
there was a little green room right upstairs and it was this really low ceilinged room and mm. you could literally feel the train rumbling over the top and it oh, sounded wow. like some sort of like because it was right it must have been over like a link in the um in the tracks mm. Because it was just like a techno beat every time the trains went along. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, Simon got into a little bit of bother. He invited this friend of his up to the green room. He was quite insistent because oh, a couple of the hotels that we got to on the tour, we were supposed to have four rooms most of mm-hmm. the time, two twin rooms for me and Paul mm-hmm. and Tim and Ian. One for Simon because he's the driver and needs his space to chill out. And one for Katie because she is a girl. But most of the places we turned up to only had three rooms. And so Simon and Katie often had to share. But on this occasion, we got to the hotel and Simon kicked up such a fuss. He was like, no, I, I definitely I need my own room. I need my own space. I need this and that. And so he eventually shelled out for his own room in the hotel and then it became abundantly clear why he definitely needed uh-huh. his own room for this one <laughs> i think we could i think we could all see where this is going yes this uh <laughs> very pretty young thing turned up at the club they'd gone out for a meal beforehand he'd brought her up to the up to the kind of dress at uh, the green room free beers <laughs> on the way back to the hotel they disappeared much quicker than we did uh-huh. yes <laughs> And so, you know, the van at this point had got quite dirty on the way. And all of a sudden, Simon's sex van appeared written on the back <laughs> of the van. And I, I, no one owned up to doing it. And I don't know who it was to this day. Someone, someone did it, though. So, you, so you're not owning up to it, then? Oh, it wasn't. It definitely 100% wasn't me. But, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. That's awesome. So that gig you played there that night then, I mean, this is, you know, after your, your amp has gone, after you've witnessed violence, um, had the day off work, had you relaxed a bit and got back into it? I had the best gig of the whole tour. I ah, made zero mistakes. Yeah. Like the sound was excellent. It was easily one of the best gigs of the entire tour. And it really like did me a tonic. You know, I was like, right, okay. I can play this music. I can do this. I, I can play the bass. I can play the bass, even <laughs> rudimentarily, you know. But yeah, so it restored my faith. And this was the first gig as well where we didn't have a support band. So we weren't on until like nine o'clock or something like that or, or 10 o'clock at night or something. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it was such a relief because there were a lot of people there as well. Mm. And um, yeah, I was... Uh, very happy about that. That's good. You you, were, you didn't still have the uh, the the will to just uh, leave and go home anymore. No, no, I got over that quite quickly, and I, I realised that like if that happens again, you've just got to like snap out of it and just move on. Like, mm. don't worry about it. You know, no one brought it up again. Like, it wasn't one of those things where people were like, oh, hope you don't have it. You know, it, it wasn't. Everyone yeah, else yeah. had kind of put it to bed, and um, yeah. yeah. It was exactly what I needed because I thought like maybe this is going to sour things a little bit. Mm. But actually on the whole tour, there wasn't really any friction between the six of us at all. It was really kind of, I almost expected a bit of frayed nerves towards the end or something like that. 
Well, you're you're all only human, aren't you? And as you say, yeah. you don't know each other that well. Exactly, so yeah. a few frayed nerves or a few niggles here and there, I think, would be perfectly natural. But it's good to hear that none of that happened, though. Mm, yeah, it was fairly harmonious. But yeah, good. gig went really well. We didn't really get to kind of hang around and talk to people, though. Oh, wait, no. There was a very strange person wandering around outside the venue afterwards, and she was inviting us to a a, a, a dungeon somewhere she okay, was in she was into do. all sorts of kind of snm and things and we were like yeah i don't know might give that one a bit of a miss <laughs> she makes like electronic music and she gave us like stickers and things for us to check out when we got back home i haven't i don't blame you yeah. <laughs> listen to some edm made by a mistress, by a mistress. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was also a guy who she'd managed to kind of latch onto and who clearly needed some help getting away from her. And he'd been singled out by Tim during the gig. He called him George Lucas because he had the little, he looked like a young George <laughs> Lucas, basically. He had the little glasses, gotcha. he had the hairstyle. And um, <laughs> I got I got talking to him and he was like, oh, the funny thing is, my name is Lucas. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so. I like it. Yeah, so that was that was quite interesting. But um, yeah, didn't really get a lot of chance to hang out with people after that one. Mm. But again, we were in a really nice hotel. So get back there and make the most of it, you know. Yeah, no staying up until stupid clock in the morning, which was uh, refreshing <laughs> after so many <laughs> late nights. <laughs> actually just needed sleep this time. <laughs> yeah, actually catch up on some. Because the next day we were mm. back in Czechia to actually play a gig ah. at a venue called The Bunker. And again, it was a literal like World War Two or Cold War bunker. Like it had big, thick right. cast iron doors. Like to get through to the stage from the green room, you went through these, they must have been two or three foot thick doors into these yep. little tiny connecting rooms and out into this giant room. That's mad. <laughs> yeah. Incredible venue. But again, they the, the hotel had messed up with the uh, reservations and there were three rooms. But this time, Katie was like, I don't really like want to share with Simon. <laughs> 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 and so I drew the straw. So I had to. And it's like, this is weird. This is the first female I've shared a room with that isn't Joe in mm. 12, 13 years. Wow. But... <laughs> like I say, it was we've got on like an absolute house on fire. And um yeah, it was actually quite nice spending the night in a room with a girl rather than mm -hmm. a snoring bloke. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But it's also as you you know, you your home life being what it is, it's also there's no there's no bullshit there, is there? No. It's just you're just mates and it's exactly you, you yeah. both needing sleep. <laughs> yeah, this is it, yeah. Like the room mm. is a place to sleep. But um, mm. I did text Joe and was like, "This is happening. Mm. It's fine." <laughs> mm -hmm. But I just, I just need to <laughs> let you know. I just need to let you know sure. because it will play on my mind otherwise. See, more, more of being a gentleman. This keeps cropping up. Look, you've, you've got to do it. You've got to be open in your relationship, <laughs> haven't you? You've got to, you've got to tell the truth. True. You've got to be transparent. Mm -hmm. You know. But yeah, that gig was really cool. We had a a support band called Ruined Floor which okay. must mean something in Czech, I guess. I don't really know. And they, they were quite cool. They were kind of 
not pop punky, but they weren't hardcore either. They were just they were they were a really solid band and nice guys as well. But we got our own little green room which had a bar, but the taps weren't working. We did try. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and I I reverted to barman. I kind of like I nice. was like, oh, this is comfortable. And they were like, you look really at home behind there. And I was like, well, I used to do this as a job. That's true. Yeah. So like I reverted back to that, like hands on the bar. <laughs> Towel over the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Serving the drinks. People were like, oh, can you get us a drink? I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> <Clearly>. <laughs> of course, sir. <laughs> yeah, that'll be five pounds. Actually, <laughs> Czech beer is still about a pound a pint. Oh, nice. Incredible. Mm. However, there was something a bit off about it because just before going on stage, I'd had a pint of the local kind of, it was Budvar 55, um, which I was okay. like, I, I know Budvar. I'll have some of sure. that. It's not the same as the one that you get in this country, which is cool. Mm. But I had a pint of it and I was like, mm, it's not really going down. Like there's something about it. I wasn't sure. And mm. so I went into the gents just before going on stage. And all of a sudden I was like, oh. and just oh, vom- no. vomited into the, into the <laughs> urinal. Uh, luckily no one was in there and it was fucking abysmal. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, I don't get sick on booze. No. Uh, hardly ever haven't done in years and years and years and years so i don't know what that was but then i found out that paul had also had a pint of this stuff and also threw up so there was definitely something there was definitely something about it but that was odd so yeah i can't really figure that one out but you were okay after you uh evacuated (laughs) yeah absolutely fine i mean you always feel a bit better anyway don't you this is true yeah it was it was an odd one but uh, yeah, again, the gig was incredible. Such a great stage and PA setup. There were some blokes there from Britain as well. Okay. Like God knows what they were doing there. Again, people got up on stage and started singing into the microphones with this on certain songs <laughs> okay. and stuff, which is kind of cool. I think was that that was probably the first time it had happened on the tour as well. Wasn't the last by a long shot, mm. but. Um, yeah, there was this one particular punk who got up on stage with me. He was wearing a bowler hat. <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> as well as all his piercings and tattoos and like vest, like denim vest and a bowler hat. <laughs> that's that's a fashion statement. That is yeah, my word. He was pretty cool, but I was I was very like, if this guy's got anything, like I'm gonna get the germs off this guy. Like he looked, you know, he had the vibe <laughs> of someone who could have all sorts. <laughs> but it was really good uh, a really good time and then afterwards like just wandering around talking to some blokes at the bar and they were like oh have you got time to kind of check out the area because it's beautiful kind of mountains and woods and stuff and i was like i Mm. wish on the way down we were driving through these these forests of pine trees Mm. and mountains and stuff because germany is quite flat up the north side of germany so there wasn't much Mm -hmm. in the way of there was really nice scenery but there wasn't much dramatic stuff going on but czechia like very mountainous Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful countryside but um yeah unfortunately you know you just don't get the chance it's a bit like being a journalist you fly in you go to the thing you fly back out again or whatever yeah it's just sort of snatching moments where where you can and unfortunately that's few and far between isn't it yeah 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 and then i got 
caught by some possible jailbait. I don't know. She was really, really attractive, but quite young. And she wanted stuff signed and wanted a photograph. And I was like, yes, I can take you to everyone else. (laughs) Very uncomfortable. (laughs) But she was, she was very, very nice. She didn't have great English, but it was better obviously than my Czech, which is non-existent, but she was very kind of intense with the eyes and i was like right, right this is gotcha. i need to go and find the other guys so that like <laughs> i'm not being jumped on or something but um <laughs> let's just hope the police weren't paying attention <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but i think it's what i was saying to you the other day it, it would be very easy to kind of get sucked into mm. some kind of you know tryst or something while you're mm. out there like it you know people are very friendly and they're quite intense. Uh-huh. Some people, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's you know it's it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They go hand in hand. They always have. You know that cliche is there for a reason. Yeah. So okay, I'm not really used to it because the bands that I play in don't often <laughs> attract females. <laughs> no, it's true. But then also you you don't get that. You know, I'm being I'm doing a very broad generalization, but you don't really get women like that in Kent. <laughs> 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 they are few and far between yes mm-hmm. yeah again it's just meeting people and, and having conversations and connections with people it's just really nice sure yeah the the thing about that gig that really kind of bolstered me a little bit more was the fact that tim completely messed up a load of songs and i was like yes oh, really? it's not just me <laughs> fucking yes uh, <laughs> like there were a couple of songs right at the beginning where he finished the song like lyrically before Mm -hmm. the bridge and the solos so he was doing the final chorus where there should have been half a song to go and we're all looking around (laughs) at each other being like what the fuck's going on and what what had (laughs) happened what had happened was uh he normally glues his plate because he's got like um not false teeth but like he's got a Bridges oh, yeah. or something, you know. Mm, I know what you normally mean. glues those in, and he hadn't that night, and he'd noticed that they come loose, and was really worried about them flying out. Oh no! <laughs> apparently, he has recurring dreams about his teeth just flying out <laughs> during a song. Oh, poor bloke! <laughs> oh dear! So he's just trying to get the song over and done with quickly. <laughs> It's not the best look on stage, is it? Just be (laughs) thumbing your mouth every 30 seconds. Wow. I bet Bono never has to put up with this shit. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So that was what it was. It was a bit dodgy at the very beginning, but it all kind of levelled out after that, after the first four or five songs, and we all kind of got into the rhythm and it was fine. Mm -hmm. Then again, because I was sharing a room with Katie at the end of the night, we stayed up until probably two or three in the morning again, just talking about things. I just want to go to sleep. (laughs) What it is, like, she's incredibly talkative, and I think she likes speaking english so that she can keep comprehension up which is fine but yeah you're just like okay breathe breathe at some point breathe (laughs) (laughs) it's like she's got and then then when you've done that let me sleep (laughs) 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 but uh yeah so that was another kind of late-ish night but not through drinking instead then we were back over into the border again into germany a place called bishop's verder 
and it's like a tiny little village on the border between Czechia and Germany. And it was this really pristine, pretty little village. And I was like, this isn't a place that you play. Like, I can't imagine there's going to be much of a turnout wherever the hell we're playing yeah. here. Like, really beautiful town, like village square. They were having a market there. Mm. Got the chance to do a little bit of walking around and found some lunch and then went to the venue and it was literally like, it was the place that I took a picture of and it's got like a paper mache alien on the door. And like, yes, it was all these painted like jellyfish and whales and things on the outside of it. And I'm like, this is not what I expected to be in this really quaint little village, you know, <laughs> but like it was a massive room on the inside. Again, it must've been another 400 capacity venue. And there were two support bands from this time round. One of them was called. No, I didn't take down their name. Uh, <laughs> there was just one support band. Yes, <laughs> they were. They were pretty good. They played bagpipes during one song. Oh, they wow. weren't like a. They weren't a Celtic punk band, but mm. I suppose it's a little bit like Corn, isn't it? Like they're not a Celtic. I was just going to say when Jonathan <laughs> Davies breaks out the bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were they were pretty good, and then the band after them were called the Movement. And um, they were kind of a mod band, a bit kind of the jam-ish. Right, gotcha. The bass player was incredible, super like dexterous and all over the fucking mm. place on the bass. But he was also doing all these kind of like kung fu moves. And, oh, he fucking loved himself. He absolutely <laughs> loved himself. But they they were undeniably brilliant. They were one of the best bands that supported us. Right. But yeah, he, he fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one yeah yeah and that it was the first time that i was like oh this might be the first band that's kind of upstaged us really and did they <laughs> it was it was a good gig it was a good gig but again like the the front three rows or so were really energetic and enthusiastic and everyone mm. else was kind of like arms folded nodding their heads right. kind of thing yeah. so it was like focus on the people down the front yeah. but yeah so that was you know it was a really good time and then after we came off and kind of put all the stuff away they were playing scar and reggae and two-tone mm -hmm. and stuff and i was like i really want to stay <laughs> and like actually like have a dance because like i realized that i haven't been out in a club in years yeah and haven't had a proper little dance since probably I went to Yarmouth with Sham 69 last October. And I yeah. was like, I really want to stay here and dance to this music. And Katie also was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we stayed while everyone else went back to the hotel. Cause again, we were sharing a room that night ah. as well. So it kind of like, I'm not going to be disturbing anyone when I go back. It's just going to be the two of us. So we stayed and it was only open for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so, like, we were getting really into it, and then it was like, "Oh no!" And this is the last song, and we're like, "Oh, okay, fine." Oh, better than nothing, though. No, really good night, really good night yeah. out, and again, got back to the hotel and was up until God knows what time chatting. We had our own kind of little balcony, and so we were sat out on that for fucking ages. <laughs> but again, the kid that Tim singled out at that one was called Django. You don't get many okay. of them anywhere. And he was like oh. utterly obsessed with the fact that this kid was called Django, <laughs> which wouldn't <laughs> let it go the entire night. And he actually stayed till the end, him and his friends. They were all about 
19 to 21 and they were having mm-hmm. a really good time and obviously because there was that kind of connection they kind of invited us into their little huddle oh nice yeah it was really cool was the d the d silent was it uh yeah exactly <laughs> he was uh he was unchanged <laughs> oh nice oh god <laughs> <laughs> This is now day 10 and day 10, we're traveling back into Czechia. So we've been Czechia, Germany, Czechia, and then back into Germany again after that. (laughs) And this was the first proper day of bad weather. We kind of, as soon as we crossed the border into Czechia, it just, the fog descended and stayed there all day. And again, it was like, as soon as we got off the motorway, we still had hours of driving left down these country roads, basically, through these little villages. And it just felt like we were going into the fucking wilderness. And we were driving and driving oh, no. through all these fields, all these open fields. And eventually we got to the hotel we were staying at. And it was um, this kind of prefab building. No one was there. No one was behind the reception. There was some old man sat outside it clearly just using the wi-fi right don't know whether he was staying there don't know whether he was just a local just catching the wi-fi but um (laughs) yeah went inside and had a look around and like all the doors were like this thin it was almost like the whole place was like temporary okay and it just it felt like a like something out of silent hill or something (laughs) (laughs) gotcha (laughs) <laughs> Definitely just sound a bit horror movie-esque. Yeah, yeah. It felt really odd. And uh yeah, we there were no keys. Again, like the promoter had the keys to the place. So like we had to then drive to the venue, which was miles away, called the noise bar with a Z. Nice. Noise room, noise room with a Z. <laughs> And it was like, you walk in through, it looks like the front door of a pub and you walk in and there's a bar. And then you go through a door and it's like a massive school hall or like a village hall. Oh, okay. And it had this stage that was raised up and there was like, you know, it was a proper curtain, you know, red curtain job. Go, yeah. We were like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is (laughs) so strange. We dropped all the stuff off and then went back to the hotel from hell. And uh, a couple of us were just like, I, I, I just want to find somewhere to go and have something to eat or have a drink or something. And so me, Katie and Simon went off in the van, leaving the others to chill out at the hotel. We went to this bar that was also part of a train station and we couldn't figure out which way was to get in. And we eventually figured out how to get in. And then like they didn't take card. There's a lot of places in Europe that don't take card. It's still quite cash only out there. Oh, right. Okay. So we had to admit defeat and then go back to the hotel room anyway. But yeah, it was, it was odd. It was fine inside actually. Once you got inside the weird, very thin doors, (laughs) it was actually all right. We, We stayed there for a couple hours and then went back to the, to the hall, which then when we got back, they decked it out. They put lights up and, the rigging was going up and like it looked much more like a venue they'd put up like right. a, a temporary bar over in one side that was serving like real ales or their equivalent of real ales right okay and then the support band turned up there were supposed to be two support bands there was a local one out of control and there was another band there called none shall fall 
and the guys from None Shall Fall, they were a Dutch hardcore, hardcore metal band. But like we we had no idea what they were playing. Like we were talking to them, and they were really kind of you know they all had spectacles on. They were quite, <laughs> they were softly spoken. They were they were having a laugh with us, and they were just really yeah. nice people. And um, we all kind of shared a big plate of hot wings together. And then like the stage was set, and there was this rumor that the the local band weren't going to be turning up until later because of something to do with one of them having to work or something. They gave some excuses and <laughs> right. like rumors were floating around. So um, none shall fall went on first, these Dutch guys. And uh, it was like a full on assault of noise. Like they were proper, like <laughs> they're, they're these really well, like softly spoken guys. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were great. I think it would, uh, that they're another one that I would definitely recommend giving a listen to. Yeah, but they started, uh, and the guitarist, the main guy I'd been talking to, came on shirtless, and he didn't have exactly the best physique. And I was like, right. "That's." But he, had the, <laughs> he had this massive back piece tattoo that like took up his entire back, and I was like, "Maybe right. that's why." He's wanting to show it off a little bit. Yeah, but after a song or two, he put on a t-shirt, and I was like, "Well, that's oh. a strange flex. Like, what's that about?" Mm. I spoke to him afterwards and he was like, I was getting changed and they started the song. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to, I had to play topless. I didn't, I didn't want to play topless as you can see. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think he's going to turn around and say something like he was cold or something. (laughs) No, they've already got on, mate. (laughs) They just started playing and I wasn't ready. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, really, really nice guys. And then, like, by the time they came off, the other band still hadn't showed up. So we were like, well, I guess we're on next. And maybe they're not playing at Hmm. all. So we went on. We had a really great time. It was probably the second most mental or third most mental crowd of the entire tour. Like, there was a guy obviously off his face on all sorts down the front, having a great time, having... Living his best life, you know, <laughs> you know, running around, like, windmilling. Trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a point where, like, he smashed. There were these two big lighting rigs at the front of the stage that were actually on the floor, but they were up oh. in, f- in front of us, like beaming light onto me on one side yeah. of the stage and Paul on the other side. And at one point, he <laughs> smashed into the one on my side. And it started falling over and I was watching oh, no. it. I was like, it's coming towards me. And I was watching it and I was like, is it going to go? Is it going to totally topple? Is, it, is the stage going to stop it? And eventually it kind of it, it reached a point and then went backwards again. And, up, you know, upright again. And I was like, okay, that was a, that was a close call. Paul, on the other hand, mm. wasn't so lucky. He got one come Uh-oh. down on his shoulder while he wasn't looking. Oh. It properly went all the way over. And smashed into Ow. That's got to hurt. I don't think they were too heavy. He didn't really kind of, mm. he didn't flinch too much, although he was quite drunk. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be quite a bit of a shock, though, something just landing on you while you're playing. Yeah. That's, and you having no yeah. idea of what it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My word. So that was, uh, that was interesting. Mm. And I, I got flashed. Oh. Towards the end of the show. What what, what was his name? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a couple down the front 
but she was a kind of skinhead girl and he was just a kind of punk looking guy and I like they were having a great time and like we were kind of doing the eye contact thing and being like mm-hmm. hey, you know <laughs> Fonzie yeah, I was gonna say it was a bit fun going on <laughs> and yeah they were having a good time we were all having a good time together and then at one point like he came behind her grabbed her shirt and pulled it up <laughs> and she was she was endowed shall we say mm-hmm. uh-huh. and but she looked like obviously quite shocked by it because <laughs> she didn't expect it to happen and i was like no i don't know how to react to this <laughs> no. like, that's a bit of a weird thing and i was like well you know so you can't look her in the eye anymore <laughs> no 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 i, I can't and, uh, and so i i just was like i'm gonna just play on and mm-hmm. try not to like i my initial reaction was to laugh but i didn't want to do that mm-hmm in case it upset her even more than she was quite visibly because she kept like mouthing sorry at me and i was like are you at the end of at the end of the song like i leant down and was like are you okay and she was like oh it's okay it's okay i'm just sorry that it happened i was like it's you know whatever it is what it is it happened let's move on there was also like a kid there who was decked out in brand new dr martins and like turnips and all this kind of all the kind of skin egg gear And clearly, I think we found out that it was his 18th birthday that day. So it was his first proper gig with alcohol gotcha. that he could go to. And people were holding him up on their shoulders and stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. It was a cool little environment to be in. But after the show, I came off and I spoke to this girl. Her name was Agatha. And I was like, are you guys, like, it, was that okay? I, I, I got the impression mm. that you weren't okay with that. And she was like, oh, it's fine. You know, it was it was what it was. I'm just, you know, a bit embarrassed that it happened. And I was like, is he your boyfriend? Is that like a mm. thing? Like, is or sure. or am I gonna have to have words with this guy? And then she was like, No, he's not <laughs> he's not he's not my boyfriend. So I was like, So am I gonna have to go and like give him a fucking dressing down for doing that? Because that was kind of like it was non-consensual flashing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I felt really odd about mm. it. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. You know, it's just, you know, he, we're, we're really good friends. Right. And all this stuff. And I was like, okay. And she bought me a drink and like we had a drink oh. together. And then he came over and was like, oh, do you want some sniff? And I was like, absolutely uh, not. No, no, I don't. No, I don't want anything from you. But... No, 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 no. <laughs> I made it quite clear that I was like, I don't really want to get involved mm. with you at all if i'm honest like yeah. that was that was a dick move i thought actually but yeah i know, agree i think you did well though we had we had a chat and like you know me and agatha had a chat and like mm. um she was from prague so she'd come quite a long way and this was another theme of this thing like this village was in the middle of bloody nowhere like i said we drove for mm. hours through the countryside to get there people had like come in from 80 miles away Wow. Like there were people there who come from miles and miles and like all come to this one place in the middle of nowhere on a Thursday night. That's mad. Yeah, absolutely mental. So having a chat, had a couple more drinks, started thinking about like, oh, we're going to have to start taking the the gear down. And all of a sudden this band turns up, gets up on stage. I wondered if you were going to say this. Yeah, yeah. All in like the big studded jackets and like, you know, big hard blokes and uh started kind of taking ian's drum kit apart 
but not in a kind of like careful way, like literally oh, no. taking the tops of the cymbal stands off and throwing them. And we were like, hold oh, on God. a minute, wait a second, hold on. <laughs> and I, I went up there first off. I think I was the first one to get up there because I noticed it and I let the others know. And mm. I went up to the stage and was like, hold on, what's going on here? You guys were supposed to be the opening act and now you're coming up here throwing shit about. Uh you aren't using my base head. You aren't using this, that, and the other. Like, we're getting ready to go. And they didn't really speak a lot of English. And, like, the sound guys were a little bit nervous. Because by this point, I was fucking livid with these guys because they were fucking (laughs) things up. And when the red red mist descends, it descends. (laughs) It does. But it's it's such a dick move, though, isn't it? To, it I mean, they've turned up late anyway. Mm. Uh, any, yeah, they've turned up late anyway. But then they've also it's it's kind of like saying we couldn't be bothered, but we're going to headline this thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, exactly. well, no, hang on, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> and so when the other guys got up onto the stage, I could hear Paul having a go at the drummer. He was like, "Can you not throw things around the stage? Like that's not a very good thing to do because otherwise we're no. going to take the fucking kit away from you." Yeah. Because <laughs> we're ready to fucking go. We're old men. We need our sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with a tired old Englishman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then this guy continued to just chuck cymbal stands around. Oh, and he was like, God. right, fuck it. You're not having the fucking kit. We started packing the stuff down. They're like sitting around like what? I genuinely <laughs> thought it was going to kick off at one point. I was getting yeah. fucking ready. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't, you know. And we were taking our stuff off the stage. Like the, the promoter guy came over to us and was like, what the fuck is going on? And we were like, mm. they're, they're cunts. And they're, <laughs> acting like, they're acting like assholes. So yeah. we're, we're taking our stuff and going. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. Like he could see that the writing was on the wall. And he was yeah. a really nice guy as well. Like it wasn't his mm. fault at all. These guys just were pricks. I mean, that's that's just like so arrogant to not only turn up late but then to also touch other people's gear is bad enough but then to treat it with so little respect is that's that's just a a big no that's just don't do that yeah it's a it's a it's a giant dick move it really is and uh so yeah they started playing while we were leaving and there was hardly anyone left in the room and they sounded like shit anyway so you know good the night was really good, nearly ended in a fight, but we got out of there you know, with all our teeth intact. <laughs> you know what should have happened? The uh, your, your drummer should have nicked with her, their, uh, their, kick, <laughs> their kick pedal. <laughs> Balance it out a little bit. That would have been class if only I'd thought of that at the time. <laughs> See how you like it. <laughs> <laughs> But I suppose, like, you know, I was saying how Czechia, I didn't really enjoy it while I was there. Yeah. I think that was like the night of not judging a book by its cover because it was such a great place, such a great atmosphere. And again, just really Mm. nice people apart from the arseholes in the other band. Yeah. So that, so that was it then? That was the the one band you didn't get on with? That That was was it. That was the one. Yeah. And then uh, I guess for part one, we'll leave it Mm -hmm. at that point with a little bit of like... A little bit of needling, a little bit of drama. Yeah, always good to leave on a bit of a needle. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we'll get together at some point again soon, and there's a, there's another eight gigs, I think, left to go. I mean, Wonderful. this is it. I mean, it was like, you know, 17 days, 16 gigs. It's, uh, 
it was hard. Yeah. 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 Well, you've said you've certainly earned your stripes by the sounds of it, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good fun. But um, yeah, thank you for putting up with my rambling for the last two and a half hours, my friend. It's it's been my absolute pleasure. I've loved it, and uh, I'm I'm really glad to have uh, to have heard all this, and I'm looking forward to the rest as well. Yes, yes, we shall uh, we shall arrange a date at some point. But once again, shout out your podcasts and where people can find you on the internet. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so rated H for all your horror needs with me and my lovely co-host Ben for uh, all the mad horror that uh, that you could ever want. We're actually uh, time of recording. We're recording tomorrow. And we're we're going to be talking about Saint Maud, which is a, a a film Ben loves and a, a film I'm very indifferent to. So yeah, yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. So yeah, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, it's it's going to be an odd one. I, I don't quite know which way we're going, but you know, we've just we just did uh, Amityville Dollhouse, so anything's a step <laughs> up from that. So I haven't caught up with that one yet. I'm waiting. <sighs> I, I didn't get a chance that, to listen to any podcasts while I was away, basically. No. So I've got a backlog of weeks to get through. So I'm... Fair dues, mate. Fair dues. That, that, that one's a corker. Yeah, yeah. God, blimey, that movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, then we have uh, All the Best Lines with uh, me and my lovely co-host, Adam. Indeed. For all your uh, golden age cinema needs, which Tom has been a guest on both Rated H and All the Best Lines. And uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember what, what the hell have we just done. We've just recorded about uh, Captain Blood, which is a Errol, F- Errol Flynn pirate movie. Mm. Uh, very good. And that's due out uh, very soon as well. And then last but not least is The House of Hammer, which again with Ben and then our other, other lovely mate Kev. Where we uh, and occasionally Adam as well, mm-hmm. uh, where we go through um, yeah every Hammer film in order. But yeah, you find us on all the socials. Just uh, uh, was it at Rated H Pod, at House of Hammer Pod, and at Best Lines Pod on Twitter, and then just search Google for everything else. But um, yeah, they're all a hell of a lot of fun. Two uh, non-scripted and one is half-scripted. So you, whichever you prefer, you can you can find out. But uh, yeah, they're always they're always a good listen. Even if I do say so myself. I can attest to that. I am a fan of all of your work, of course. Oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can't, especially if you're a fan of film, I can't recommend them enough. But even if you're not, you know, if you, even if you don't know the film, the chat, the, the chat and the mm. banter gets you through um, because you guys are incredibly funny and great at what you do. <laughs> So, um, oh, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, the, the amount of people we say, especially for rated age, you know, who aren't horror fans who listen is, uh, is quite, uh, it, there's a lot mm. uh, of people who really don't like horror but like listening to us talk about horror. So, yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Well, once again, Smokey, thank you so much for coming mm. on. And uh, we'll, we'll get uh, episode two or part two sorted out in the near future. Absolutely. Looking forward to it already. Nice one, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Mm. Take care. You certainly will. You too. I hope you enjoyed that first instalment of my diary from the Sham 69 Winter European Tour. Join myself and Smokey next time for the second part, where there are more ups and downs, I nearly fall in love, much more beer is drunk and fun is had, and I meet a genuine rock star on the ferry home. But... Did I give him and his band COVID? Tune in next time to find out. Take care. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Band Biographies. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts. Please do reach out on Twitter at BandBiogs, Instagram at BandBiographies, search on Facebook for Band Biographies, or by emailing bandbiographies at gmail.com. See you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.